Today on the pod, we are joined by Scott Swenson, mastermind behind some of the greatest haunts in the country. For over 30 years, Scott has been bringing stories to life as a producer, director, writer, and performer. His work in theme parks, consumer events, live theater, and television has given him a broad spectrum of experiences. After over 20 years working with SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment, Scott formed Scott Swenson Creative Development to provide entertainment and development consultation for clients around the world. He scares the shit out of people, and he's terrifying, but in a good way. (laughs) All right. Hey, Scott. Welcome to the Hive. Thank you. Thank you so much. I I love what you've done with the place. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Here, we're not going to get through this. I'm going to keep the introduction short because I think anybody watching this probably knows us both already. Uh, Well, at least you. At least you. Like, who's that guy? Who's the old guy sitting next to her? Oh, please. All right. Anyone that doesn't know, we are talking today with Scott Swenson, who's a brilliant creative director and event producer and Halloween mastermind. Wow. I wish that all fit on a business card. That'd be really, that'd be really cool. I'd take that. But I would say, I think you're actually the real Jack Skellington, the real pumpkin king. If, like, if only I could get that waistline. I don't know. <laughs> See, this is the thing we're going to laugh through the whole it's, thing. Sorry. It's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> All right, so we've known each other a long time. Yes, yes. We're well, actually we're so it's funny we were talking about this this morning. We, uh, we've known each other over twenty years. Yes, I, we I'm were six sure when we met. met. Yes, well, yes. you were very, six. Very, you young. were six. I was forty. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> nine. Okay, okay, I'll go with that. But yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Worked together on a lot of different projects. A lot of different, both projects. officially and unofficially. Yes. Occasionally, it's uh, we'll walk onto a project and go. And we're here. Okay, go. Cool. That was that's great. I love that. <laughs> kind of like our little reunion show this morning. That's right. <laughs> um, so way back then, you were working on a radically new event called oh, Hello gosh. Scream. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's twenty twenty four years since Hello Scream uh, started. I know. What? I know. And normally I don't keep up with this stuff, but I just ran into some folks uh, who are doing Hello Scream now, who I hired when they were eighteen. Uh, <laughs> and um, me. But, yeah, twenty. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's uh, so. Yeah, this is year twenty-four. Amazing. And uh, I was with it for the first fifteen of those twenty-four. Holy cow! And uh, yeah, it was. But it was it, again just a little history. It's time for a little Hallow Scream history, kids. Uh, the the interesting thing about Hallow Scream is it was originally conceived to be a shoulder season, quote unquote, shoulder season event, because mm-hmm. not everybody was doing Halloween event ba- events That's back right. then. And so we needed something to bridge between the the summer rush and then the winter holiday rush. Right. And um, so they took they took three of us from our regular jobs and locked us away. And uh, we did we did research and development. We did, uh, you know, all kinds of brainstorming and, and figuring out what would make money and what didn't. And we had originally set out that we were not going to do a Halloween event for the fall. That was our, that was our, because we said, uh, there's too much competition. Universal Studios has already, had already established themselves at the time. That's right. And, uh, then after we did research, we discovered nothing else generates revenue during the fall (laughs) season other than Halloween. And and, uh, as we've seen, as we've seen, (laughs) you know, it's no longer a shoulder season. It is now for not just Bush Gardens, but for pretty much everybody. It is a season and the, it is now the holiday season, which starts late August. Uh, late August, mid September, and runs all the way through the end of the year. I mean, our fourth quarter is insane. Yeah, I trust, me. Is too. trust me. Trust <laughs> me. Understood. 
Understood. So was Halloween your first foray into Halloween events? Um, events, yes. Um, but I, you know, I, I often say that the reason I, I, I'm so tied with Halloween is because I, well, I do it a lot, but the, the reason <laughs> I can write for Halloween and the reason I can direct for Halloween is because as a kid, I was a huge chicken. I was terrified. <gasps> what? I know. I know. I was, I was horrified. I was the one. I was the one who ran around like Andrea. I'm stuck. Uh, going, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I was, I was a big chicken. I was terrified at like a haunted mansion. Terrified me. No terrified way. me. Uh, those, those little rinky dink uh, that you go to the fairs and they have the dark rides. That yeah, are yeah. Haunted, you know, uh, terrified me as a <laughs> child. Terrible. They, hor- <laughs> they, they absolutely horrified me. And, and I think it's because I know what it feels like to be afraid. That makes it easier for me to write things that scare people because I know both sides oh, of that. You know, it's insightful. It's just it's like I know I know how creep I know what it feels like to want to cry and run. So let's see. What can I do to elicit that in other people? OK, so you have like moved into like. The oh, it's therapy. Of- yeah, it's therapy. There's no question. Um, <laughs> but my, my very first haunted house was uh, a friend wanted to do one in their basement. OK. And um, I was, you know, trying to be one of the cool kids and and. So I decided, yeah, okay, I'll be involved. And um, I don't think anybody ever came to it. I think it was just for us getting into it. a home haunt to home. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but we, we, got into, we got into full makeup. We did a full rehearsal. We opened up wow. for anybody who wanted to come in, and zero people showed up. <laughs> and uh, I think the biggest lesson I learned from that is don't use nail polish as blood on your face. Oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh! Yeah, Are so, you serious? Yeah, I I wasn't a sharp kid. I don't oh, know. I, I, I'm not right. Oh no! Yeah. So, uh, but that was my that was my first real auto attraction, and then it wasn't really until until we started to do research for for uh, for Bush Gardens that for Hello Scream that I came back to it, and thank goodness it happened because it's really blossomed into oh my gosh a, a, a majority of what I do. It's not everything that I do, but it's a, it's a majority. All right. So since you moved on from Bush Gardens and now have your own creative mm-hmm. studios, that's mm-hmm. what's in creative development. How many different Halloween events or hunt events have you worked on? Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, Can you even count? Them? I honestly, well, so it's funny. Uh, I know that I know that this year I have had a finger in at least eight different Halloween events. That's wow. just the twenty three season. Wow. Um, I've done haunts as far north as Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um, I've done haunts in Indianapolis, in Texas, in Florida. Um, I've done some corporate stuff, some theme parks, some stuff that never or is still in development. Let me put it that way. <laughs> stuff I can't necessarily talk about. Um, didn't happen in the timeline it was supposed to. Let's right? put it that way. Okay. But is not dead yet. Nice. Um, so, and then I, uh, there is a strong possibility I'm working on a project that, that may open in Bogota, Colombia coming up in the not too distant future. Okay. And, uh, we got something, we got something, that's good, that's good. Oh, you speak Spanish? So, um, but I think part of the reason that I can't really remember, I can't really count, because it's been, you know, Scott's Lens and Creative Development has been around a little over, well, approaching nine years. Approaching nine years, which uh, wow. seems like I just left that's, yesterday, yeah, that's but fast. Um, but it, it grew very fast. And in fact, my very first client I got a week after I left Bush, and that was the Vault of Souls um, here in Tampa. So thank you. It was uh, yeah, I need to, I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled together. On that. <laughs> yeah, we just just might have. Well, no, and it's funny because that was kind of us coming back together because we that's worked right. together. 
And then we kind of go and got our separate ways. And when I got the gig for the Vault of Souls, they were saying, who knows how to market Halloween events? And I said, <laughs> wait a minute, I know someone. And uh, so we got on the phone and we chatted and uh, reconnected. And, <laughs> and the rest is history. Still here. We're, yeah, I know. I mean, in fact, we're even in the building. The building. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, so these are not all scary and gory adult-oriented Halloween events. No. You charm children too. I try. I try. We try to do it. I, I t I'll tell you, it's interesting because when I first started, I wanted everything to be over the top and bloody and gory and terrifying and, and oh. completely edgy and <laughs> so you know. awful. Uh, but as as I, I don't want to say matured because well, you've seen that <laughs> I haven't matured at all. <laughs> as, you evolved. as I've evolved, um, <laughs> I've discovered the the joy and the power of training the next generation of folks who are going to enjoy Halloween. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there there. I often say that I come from the golden era of Halloween when you could go out <laughs> when you could go out and trick or treat and it was safe and it was fun and it, there was a little bit of hell raising going on, but not nothing. You know, nothing too dangerous. Nothing too dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it, it involved it involved toilet paper and shaving cream. That was about right. the, the extent of it. Um, not that I have any experience with that, of course, but, um, but I think what happened is that era, my generation grew up now has income that they can spend on either themselves or their families mm -hmm. to try to capture some of that same Halloween magic. Yeah. And I think that's, that's I think amazing. that's really neat. So in doing things like, um, the Indianapolis zoo, um, zoo Tampa, you know, very, very family friendly events. I did uh, one season, I did um, Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, um, creating things that work not only with the core brand of the client, but also their core audience and finding fun ways to, as, as we say at, at Zoo Tampa, to startle the giggles out of me. You know, I love that. Zoo Tampa. That's Tampa, my vibe. That's, that's, it, there you go. That's my vibe. And, and, it's like, oh. And my, <laughs> and, and my whole feeling there was, you know, they, the, the, Zoo Tampa is a unique is a unique client for me because um, they it, what ended up happening is they tried to fill a void. Um, they didn't want to be, or at least that's where they are now. They wanted to try to fill a void between being the the trunk or treat that churches do, uh, which is lovely and wonderful and fun, mm -hmm. or um, the the hollow screams, the Halloween Horror Nights, the Screamageddon's, those kinds of things, which are completely on the other end of the spectrum. Right. They wanted to fill that that teen tween. That's what market, I recall. Which is, in fact, I remember. <laughs> Talking a lot about those kids don't have an event. For That's them. right. And they're too young to really fully enjoy the trick-or-treating anymore. They still will do it, but they want to do something that feels a little more grown right. up. Right. Yet they're not quite ready for the Hello Screens or the Halloween Horror Nights. Of night. course. So. And well, and, and it's funny because it's because of you and Joe Caro and you know the rest of the team at the at the zoo that I got involved with that. Yeah. And uh, and I'm still involved with that actually. Amazing. So the the team the team still keeps me oh, around. Oh, it's so, so close to my heart. I know. <laughs> it's a fun. It was and, and this year was an especially fun event to do, um, just simply because there were some challenges. And I I love years. I know this sounds weird, but I love years where early in the season we go. Oh, We've got this huge challenge. What are we going to do? And it ends up turning out better than, than you ever anticipated. It happens, doesn't um, it? So I'm, I, I'm really excited. <laughs> and I think, I think Zoo Tampa is going to be a great, going to continue to be a great event throughout the season. I love it. All right. I'm not going to ask you to disclose your favorite Halloween event. I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I want you to tell us what your favorite element is, whether it's a prop or a gag or something that kind of, so, them every so time. I will tell I will tell you, I will be honest. My favorite Halloween event, 
like I'm saying I've never oh, said this on an event. I've never said loud. my favorite Halloween event is the next one I start working on. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Wait, oh. Okay. Yeah, way to dodge that. <laughs> he does improv. <laughs> so so well <laughs> and to be fair, that that sounds like a dodge, and yes, it is. But right. it's also it's also true. I'm always focusing forward, which is why I can't remember how many I've done, which is why when people start talking about the the first 15 years of Hello Scream, they'll say, remember XYZ Haunt and where we did such and such? Like, no, no I, blends I don't. I don't remember it at all. So I have to turn out to the, the, the fanboys and girls and figure out, you know, what the story is. But as far as gags go, I, um, there is nothing more impactful than the, the simple stuff. You know, uh, I, I love camouflage characters. I love people who blend into shrubbery and bushes because they work <laughs> every single <laughs> time, every single, and they don't require, um, they don't require huge technical aspects. They don't require a whole lot of, I mean, honestly, they don't require a whole lot of, of acting experience. It's just someone with great timing. And, uh, and if you can just, because they just literally disappear in the, in the camo suits or the ghillie suits. Um, I also like the idea, and I've used it a couple times. Um, I also really like the idea of putting cast members into the experience that look like guests, and then grabbing them out of line to create to create a victim. Um, and, and I think the reason I like that is one of the haunts that I wrote years and years ago for SeaWorld of SeaWorld San Antonio um, was called Prey, P R E Y. Okay, and it was all about a serial killer roaming through the uh, the the scrub or the the brush. In Texas, and they literally carve in the center of the park. If you've never been to SeaWorld Texas, it is gigantic, and there are huge areas yeah. that just simply aren't used. <laughs> so they were able to carve out in this brush the pathway. They didn't have to build walls or anything. And this was the first year that they wanted. To, they were coming out with their marketing saying, "Halloween is Hollow Scream is scary now. It's not just family friendly. It is scary. So be prepared." So we had three different performers that were snatched out of the guest <laughs> experience, carried screaming into the darkness. And everybody loved it. They were like, oh, this is great. Until I get a phone call saying, Scott, um, they called 911 I knew from you were inside the haunt. True story. <laughs> True story. They called 911 because someone had been abducted in the park, oh, in the haunt. It oh, got, no. the, the police came out. The, uh, the fire department came out. There were helicopters flying over the park. And I thought, I have lost my job forever. <laughs> Until the following morning, when SeaWorld San Antonio was nationwide on every network. And I think it was the marketing team that actually saved my life. Because right. <laughs> they were like, you can't, you can't buy. And especially when you're trying. That's publicity. And when you're trying to say, this year we're scarier than ever. Mm-hmm. To have a guest. you know, That's not me saying it. That's not their marketing director saying it. That is a guest saying it was so realistic. It was so terrifying. I had to call 911. So I will never, I will never give up my, my victim concept. I don't do them everywhere, but I think it's, I think it's a fun, fun thing to throw in every now and then. I remember the first time we did a victim house in mm-hmm. uh, Tampa. Mm-hmm. Was- mm-hmm. That was, that was the one where the, the guy, it was, I, it was late, later in the evening and, and I was walking behind this guy who was there by himself and the victim came in and she walked up to him. She goes, I'm so sorry. I've been separated from my group. Can I walk with you? I'm really scared. And he was like, uh, yeah, my group's left me too. And so they're walking. <gasps> she gets grabbed, pulled into the darkness, screaming and kicking. And he just freezes. And he turns around and I was wearing a name tag. He looked at my name tag and just kind of went, huh, huh, what? and I just, I looked at her and I went, Hi. Yeah, I looked at her and I went, hmm? 
He took off and ran through the rest of the hunt. Oh, it was hysterical. So it, that's, 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 that's one of my favorite gimmicks. <laughs> and you'll notice that I don't like to rely too heavily on technical stuff. I think yeah. technical stuff is really fun, but technical stuff reinforces the storytelling. It reinforces the, the live performance if you can afford to do that. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, live performance now is becoming more and more of a premium. Things are getting more and more yeah. difficult to cast. But, uh, but you know, I, my, if you've ever taken a workshop from me before, you've heard me say, give me two good actors and a candle and I can scare the crap out of you. I absolutely believe that's true. <laughs> we just did that. I was say. <laughs> All right. So as a marketing agency that also plans and promotes a few Halloween events. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about your perspective as a creative director, an entertainment creative director. Yes. How does marketing, branding in particular, impact a hunt on Halloween? Well, I think that's part of the reason that you and I work so well together. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I mean, and, and, and all of Rumble Buzz, but I've just worked with you more directly for a longer period of time. Um, I believe that the storytelling starts with the marketing. I believe that you know the brand must be consistent from the moment they see their first uh, teaser to the last wrap-up survey that gets sent to them, you know, via their via Mailchimp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the marketing is integral. It's not separate from the experience; it is integral to the experience. And this is why. Um, and and not everybody believes this. I will be completely honest. Not everybody feels this way, but I strongly feel this way because I think that, um, you know, going back to the Howl Scream days. There was a time when I was involved that we would have a different icon for each year, and that's how people identified the years. It made mm-hmm. it so that uh, whether the every element of the event changed or not, it had a different look, it had a different feel, it had a different vibe. Felt new, and every it felt year. new. And we were able to um, because the timelines for uh, marketing development and entertainment development are not necessarily the same. Mm-hmm. We had to make certain that we were talking to each other early and figuring out how we can find a way to incorporate the the uh the marketing content into the experience itself right and one of my favorite examples of that is uh, it goes back many years um goes <laughs> goes back to the house of vain i knew it you knew i was gonna, I, this one so this one i would love to say and i was so darn smart back then no i stumbled on this completely by accident but it worked it worked uh, house of vain for, for those of you who, who don't remember uh house of vain was a uh, an ad campaign for hello scream that was all about vampire fashion models Yes. And the commercial was incredible. It was edgy. It was hip. It was sharp. Um, and basically, it was a fashion show where mm-hmm. everybody revealed themselves to be vampires at the end. That's right. So I said, I want to create this as we walk in. And we did literally a recreation of the commercial and put it, in, uh, yep. put it on stage. And it was super cool. And people to this <laughs> day, I had, somebody, I had somebody at a convention earlier this year come up to me and they said, Oh gosh, were you there when they did House of Vain? Right. I was like, "Yep." <laughs> okay, he said it's because of that walk-in experience, that first entrance experience, that I got involved in immersive theater. No kidding. Yeah, that's amazing. So it was. I mean, it was super cool. And and again, it just when marketing and and creative content can work together, it makes both of our jobs easier and better. Um, we can create a synergy that doesn't necessarily happen if we're working in silos. I love that and could not agree more. Again, that's why we work together. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Last professional question. Okay. Um, I mean, we're going to unprofe- unprofessional questions in a moment? No, I'm going to get a personal <laughs> question. Oh, yay. Okay. We're going to go personal. Really? You, Roger. Yeah. That's <laughs> 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 
Bring it on. <laughs> if one of our partners wanted to launch a brand new Halloween event, say they're a small or mid-sized organization mm-hmm. and they have a limited budget, what would your first bit of advice be? My first bit of advice would be look at what is going on in your market and don't try to replicate it. Try to find what's not being done. Find, find you know, if you're in a market that has a, uh, a haunted hayride and a, uh, a church haunt, Perhaps look at something that might be a haunted dining experience that is that is not targeting those two audiences. Um, find ways to overlap if that sure. makes any sense at all. Absolutely. Uh, so that you can you can build off of the synergy. Now, if you absolutely can't do that, if you discuss if you discover everything's covered, then what I would do is say, take a look at your assets. Where are you trying to do this? So many of the of the haunts that I have been able to do over the last few years are based on the location. I mean, the Vault of Souls is 100% inspired by the location itself. Uh, back when I started Undead in the Water, uh, was on a on a ship here in Tampa. Completely right. defined everything. Uh, Dark, Fort Edmonton Park, I was involved with their very first year. They're an outdoor history museum. So I took the outdoor history of the city of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and created chapters that that tied into the scary and the oh, spooky. So uh, number one, see what's out there. Don't don't start in a vacuum. You know, mm-hmm. your your market already exists, even if you don't think it does. And if you do your research and you discover there is no one in a 75-mile radius that's doing anything Halloween, great. Do what you think is right. <laughs> Whatever feels good. You can own it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say if you do discover that, find out why. Yeah. Find out why. Point. Because it could, there could be a lot of elements. It right. could be, it could be um, there is a very conservative um, group of people living in that area. Mm-hmm. It could be that the... The, the fire marshal rules are very strict. It, mm-hmm. There's a lot of different reasons that that may... Things you don't think about when you're just exactly. putting ideas on the table. Research, research, research. Yeah. Do that first. Before you even say, I'm going to do a haunted house. And then decide, I'm going to do a haunted house that targets 17-year-olds. Or I'm going to do a haunted house that targets 35-year-olds. Um, figure out what's not being addressed in your market. Uh, and that's, I mean, I think that's something that you guys can help with too. You know, you guys do a lot of that kind of, of base research. Yeah. And, um, and then once you've, once you've figured out, okay, here's where we can fit in this, in this market. And then you figure out, you know, here are our assets. Here's what we've got to, here's what we've got to play with. Um, then put together a realistic budget. Mm-hmm. And when you put together a realistic budget and you're looking at your, your ROI, your return on investment. Make sure that it's based on about 50% attendance and adjust your budget accordingly. Um, that is actually phenomenal advice <laughs> because because everyone thinks they're going to kill it the first year. Oh yeah. They say, I can, I can, I can get a hundred people through every 15 minutes. That's right. Uh, but you're not going to. Right. I'm just going to tell you that right. you're not Even going to. Right. Marketing. People want to know how the experience works. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then share all of that information with whoever's doing your creative for you. Because that will give them, I mean, if somebody gave me that kind of research and that kind of direction, it would make my job so much simpler. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) All right. So now for the final question. Okay. Lightning round. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. What are you currently watching? What am I currently watching? Um, I am currently watching, oh crap, what's the name of it? Um, That's probably not the name of it. The uh, the (laughs) time wheel? Time wheel, I think it's on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. All right. What are you reading? 
What am I reading? There's a great book that I'm reading. It's called Your Brain on Art. Ooh, it's, it's, it's great. Like it's really sciencey. It's it's like it shows how uh, art um, helps develop new neural pathways, oh. and it's a whole new branch of science called neuro arts. I love it. All right, what's your favorite lunch spot? And it doesn't have to be in Tampa. A favorite lunch spot. Um, oh, this is a hard one. Um, because I like to eat. <laughs> favorite lunch spot. I. I just, uh, well, God, no, I'm going to go with this. I love Fortillo's hot dogs. Okay. I'm from okay. Chicago. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm from Chicago. Okay. Take me take me to Portillo's. I will get um, <laughs> a, a, a Polish sausage and um, a piece of their, if it's summer, a piece of their lemon cake. Life is good. All right, right on. Uh, what's the next show on your calendar? Next show on my calendar is, is tonight. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. It's, I yeah, know that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tonight. Um, so I've, I, why I take on extra things during the Halloween season, I don't really know. I don't know either. But uh, the next show on my calendar is I am uh, a, a recurring cast member or an uh, ongoing outcoming cast member of um, a fringe show called the Rocky Horish Patter Show at the Fringe Theater in Tampa. And it is a really twisted, warped, inappropriate uh, fringe style show um, at the Fringe Theater. And I'll be doing that five select nights between now and October 31st. And then uh, tomorrow, which is October 14th, Yes. I will be at an art show at uh, the studio at 620 in St. Pete, um, because when I do have time, I love to paint and my stuff is all kind of the dark side of beauty. So that's those are the two, the two most recent No, the ones that are coming up quickest, <laughs> the ones I'm still panicked about because they're not done yet. <laughs> all right. That's it. Thank you so Thank much. You. We appreciate it. Um, been fun. It Hope we do it fun. again. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Next time I'll bring honey because it's the hives. Oh, hi. Who is your favorite Sorry. person and why is it Andrea? <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks for watching the Halloween, guys.